Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. text this morning is actually two verses, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Our first verse comes out of the Old Testament book from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulder." And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then from the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 11, says, To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. My friends, the Word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, today on this Christmas day, and in the spirit of the season, I have a Christmas story for you. No, it's not about Ralphie and a Red Rider range model air rifle with a compass in the stock in this thing which tells time. Instead, this morning I want to tell you about the best Christmas pageant ever, written by Barbara Robinson. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's a 1972 story that recounts the plights and situations of a family known as the Herdman. You see, the Herdmans were probably the last people anyone would expect to show up in a church. The book describes the Herdman children this way. It says the Herdmans were absolutely the worst kids in the history of the world. They lied and stole and smoked cigars, even the girls, and talked dirty and hit little kids and cussed their teachers and took the name of the Lord in vain and set fire to Fred Shoemaker's old broken-down schoolhouse. That's how we're introduced to the Herdmans. Now, it's not hard to think, at least at first, that there's probably not a whole lot of room for the Herdmans in the Christmas pageant. No room for delinquents like these. No, what you need are kids like Alice Wendelkin. Alice Wendelkin, we are told, always played Mary because she's so smart, so neat, so clean, and most of all, so holy-looking. None of these words would be used to describe the six Herdman kids who started out mean right from the cradle. Now, at this point in the story, everything is fine. The Herdmans are outside of the church's radar. They don't attend church, so there's no real chance of them messing things up in regards to the annual Christmas pageant. But then... One of the Herdman's classmates, a little boy named Charlie, makes a fatal error. 
You see, at school one day, he mentions at passing that he does not care if Leroy Herdman steals the dessert out of his lunchbox, which Leroy Herdman did every day, because he gets all the sweets that he wants at the church fellowship hour. Much like we do here on Sunday mornings and just about every other church that has ever been, there's always a time of sugary and salty sweets for those that might want some. And now the Herdmans knew all about it. Free snacks. The book says, of course, that was the wrong thing to tell the Herdmans if you wanted them to stay away. So wouldn't you know it that the following Sunday, all six Herdman kids show up at church for the snacks. Now we are told they also drew in the hymnals and may have helped themselves to some of the loose bills in the offering plate as it came around. But at least they were in church, right? And it is then they learn about the upcoming Christmas pageant. After church, all the kids gather outside, and the book gives us this exchange between the two of them. The book says, what's the play about? Imogene, one of the Herdman girls, asks. It's about Jesus, I said. Everything here is, she muttered. So I figured Imogene didn't care much about the Christmas pageant. But I was wrong. You see, as luck would have it, the Herdmans kept coming back to church. Over the protest of a member of number of the church families. And before long, they have intimidated the other kids so much that they are occupying all the main roles in the Christmas pageant. And the parents don't like it. And the complaints keep coming in to Reverend Hopkins. But he tells them, look, when Jesus said, let all the little children come to me, he meant all the little children, even Herdman's. The problem that we soon find out is that the Herdman's do not know the first thing about the Christmas story. They have some suspicion that Christmas is Jesus' birthday, but beyond that, they cannot separate a shepherd from a wise man if their life depended on it. But for just this reason, they are able to appreciate the Christmas story in ways others have overlooked or forgotten, including maybe you and me. Imogene Herdman's jaw drops when she learns that there was no place in the end. My God, she says, not even for Jesus? Told of the baby placed in the manger, she asks, what do you mean they tied him up and put him in a feed box? Where was child welfare services? And she is flabbergasted to learn of Herod's plot to kill the holy infant. He just got born and already they're out to kill him, she says. As the book puts it, since none of the herdmen had ever gone to church or Sunday school or read the Bible or anything, they didn't know how things were supposed to be. And perhaps that ignorance is just what is needed. Have we grown complacent with the Christmas story? friends because we have heard it so many times has it lost some of its impact some of its importance some of its excitement I pray not the day of the Christmas pageant finally arrives the families of the church are all dreading it fearful that the herdmen are going to ruin the whole thing and sure enough as the Christmas pageant is supposed to start the Herdman kids are nowhere 
to be found, just like Alice Wendelkin knew what happened. But then stumble in Ralph and Imogene, playing Joseph and Mary, and looking for all the world very much like strangers in a strange land. It suddenly occurred to me that this was just the way it must have been for the real Holy Family, the book reflects. Stuck away in a barn by people who didn't much care what happened to them. During the pageant, they burnt the baby Jesus like he's got colic, much to the chagrin of Alice and the other polite onlookers. Gladys sounds more like a fishmonger than the angel of the Lord. She busts into the sanctuary. Hey, unto you a child is born, she shouts as if for sure it was the best news in the world. And as for the wise men, a trio played by three of the Herdman boys, they brought neither gold nor frankincense, but they brought the lesser-known gift of ham. One of the Herdman boys, playing one of the wise men, brought a ham. Now, you may ask yourself, where do they get a ham? Well, it turns out this gift of meat came from this poor family's own Christmas food basket dinner that they got from social services. They were literally giving to Jesus all that they had. Literally giving to Jesus the best of what they had. Do we do that? The pageant concludes with the congregation singing Silent Night, just like we all did in here last night. And that's when things take one last surprising turn. Everyone had been waiting all this time for the Herdmans to do something absolutely unexpected, something out of the ordinary. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. You know what it was? Imogene Herdman was crying. The book says this. In, her, in the candlelight, her face was all shiny with tears and she didn't even bother to wipe them away. She just sat there, awful old Imogene, in her crookedy veil, crying and crying and crying. She had just caught onto the idea of God and the wonder of Christmas. She had just caught on to the idea of God and the wonder of Christmas. See, friends, this is indeed what the wonder of Christmas is. It's that the Most High God does not go looking for the Alice Wendelkins of the world in order to give them a hand up on their royal road to heaven. Instead, he invades our crookedy old world, looking for the broken, the cracked, the dinged, the dented, the outcast, those that get it wrong far more often than they get it right. People like the Herdmans, people like you, people like me. God does not wait for us to clean up our act. Rather, he sends his son precisely into our mess and into our muddle, and he makes us holy. This is the gift that we get to proclaim on this Christmas day, dear friends. So let us take a page out of Gladys Herdman's book and holler for all that we'll hear as if we have actually got the best news in the world because we do 
Hey, unto you a child is born. Just say that after me. Hey. Thank you. Unto you a child is born. Hey. Unto you a child is born. My friends, now that we have said it to each other, it's time to go out of these doors and say that very thing to a world that so desperately needs to hear some good news. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.